Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, Theo Denlinger. I'm in the forge in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. How's yeah. it going, man? Appreciate you letting me have this experience and just being out here and uh, yeah, spending the last couple of hours with you guys. Yeah, appreciate you having out uh, having you out here and uh, and making that uh, bottle opener for you. Yeah. So yeah, that, yeah, that was fun. Um, and yeah, just showing you my shop and uh, kind of like a life in the day of a blacksmithing professional baseball player. Yeah, my, that might be what I uh, call it, just the life in the day of a, of a pro, pro, pro baseball player. So uh, tell me your story. Like for those listening, those watching, like where did the story of Theo Denlinger begin when it comes to baseball? Yeah, so um, grew up in Cuba City, Wisconsin, little no-name town in the, in the middle of nowhere, clearly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's town of like 1,500. I think they might, might have 2,000 people now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I graduated with a class of like 50-something, if that. And, uh, yeah, so baseball wasn't, wasn't really a big thing in Cuba. Uh, basketball was the biggest thing. We usually uh, always went to the uh, state championships. So, yeah, basketball was huge in Cuba City. Baseball, never really talked about. Um, so I was a three-sport athlete. I played football, basketball, baseball. And uh, I guess my favorite sport was football. Um, nice. Just growing up with my dad, he played he played football in college, played rugby in college, okay. uh, and then having my brother go and play for the Badgers, yeah. uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. So that was, yeah. So we always grew up kind of like a football family. And I was always pretty decent at baseball. And then uh, so my brother got hurt at uh, the Badgers. I was going to go play football for the University of Dubuque. My brother got hurt. And my family kind of sat down, and they're like, "Listen, football <laughs> your path. Yeah, football's not going to be an yeah. option in college." And I even, I mean, just seeing my brother go through what he went through, it was just a shell shock to me. And I was like, "I don't, I'm not going to play football yeah. in college." How much older? How much older is he? Than He's you? three, uh, like three and a half years. So just being able yeah. to go see him play UW, like the Rose Bowl, or yeah, the Rose Bowl. Yep. Like, yeah. did you guys go down there to that? To that yeah, as well? we did. Yeah, and then uh, we went to the Outback Bowl as well, and nice. that was that was the best one, uh, the Outback Bowl. Where's that at? Uh, like, what city? Uh. I, I believe it's at the 49ers place. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay? Yeah, Tampa okay. Bay. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to Theo's dad who's here with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the man behind the microphone or the camera. Yeah. Um, yeah, so thanks. Uh, yeah, so we went to uh, that uh, bowl game, and that was, yeah, that was incredible. And just seeing my brother on the field play, uh, uh, it was amazing. Um, but, yeah, so unfortunately, uh, he had a career-ending injury, mm. and uh, so, yeah, I, Football was no longer an option for me in college. And I was like, I still want to do something in mm -hmm. college sports related. And so I was like, you know what? My next best thing was baseball. And yeah. so, yeah, it seems to be working out. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be, it seems to be working out uh, just fine. So I went to Madison College, which is a uh, junior college here yeah. in Wisconsin. And then from there, uh, I played three or I played one year there, got hurt the next two years. So medical redshirt both those years. And then uh, Bradley in Peoria, Illinois, gave me a chance. They gave me a scholarship to mm. go there, and uh, I played there. And, and that's really where I, I kind of hit my stride and, and really started taking off in that uh, closer position and role. Yeah. Awesome. And you talk about and then, ju junior colleges, and like, I love talking to guys who've gone to junior colleges because it's not D1. Like, there's no, no – yeah. the rules. Oh, yeah. It's the know. grind. <laughs> <laughs> you always hear about, like, the, the Juco grind, Juco bandit, uh, all these kind of cool things. Like, did you, did you have any, like, funny, like, Juco stories? Because I thought the guys whose coaches made them run up hills after practices. Oh, yeah. They're, like, throwing up because, like, you, you can – yep. you're allowed to do that in, like, a junior college oh, versus, yeah. like, a D1 oh, school yeah. where there's so many regulations. They get after you in Juco. Yeah. Uh, so the – 
probably the best, funniest story, and also just like, oh, that is so Juco, is uh, we got home from a road game at midnight. So it's we're our, we just played a seven-inning game. Everybody's beat tired, yeah. and they're like, all right, let's, like, let's go home. <laughs> and uh, so we get, we get off the bus, and we're starting to unload our stuff in the clubhouse, and the coach comes out and goes, hey, it's, uh, it's about to rain. And we all knew what that meant. We had to tarp the field at oh. 1 in the morning. We tarped the field <laughs> at 1 in the morning. And Jeez. then we, we had to wake up the next day at 8 a.m. and take the tarp off because that team was then coming to play us the very next day. Yeah. So we had to let the field dry out. So, yeah, we had to tarp at 1 in the morning and untarp at 8 a.m. Yeah. And it was just, like I said, just the Juco Bandit grind. Yeah. Well, maybe some differences between like your junior college that you maybe recognized and and Bradley, because obviously it's a D one school. Um, I'm sure guys probably were complaining about workouts. And you're like, dude, you have no idea what we oh, had to yeah. do when it comes to like workouts in yeah. junior college and stuff. Um, so yeah, it was definitely the workouts, but uh, just the facilities. Mm-hmm. The facilities. It's like guys are like you get so at D one you get chocolate milk after workouts, nice. like grapes, yogurt. There's a, a entire like smoothie mm-hmm. bar. And they're like making their stuff, and they're like, "Wow, this is all we get." And I was like, <laughs> I, w- "I was like, all we get, all we get, yeah." I, at yeah. Juco, you you don't you have to bring your own granola bar, yeah. and it's like that's that's it. And then you're working out like upstairs above the gym, and it's mm-hmm. like you, you're trying to walk by people, like, "Oh, excuse me," and it's like a hallway. You're working out in pretty much a hallway, yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's definitely the biggest thing was like the facilities and guys yeah. at D1 like guys that got you know went to D1 out of high school were like wow this is this is all we get and I was like yeah are you kidding yeah well it depends on where they went to school because there's some high schools like I've seen high schools like in Texas Florida like these big name high schools where oh, they just yeah. produce talent even California and like their facilities are nicer than like minor league stadiums like yeah. they have some really yeah. nice stadiums so I, I mean I get that but like it's all about perspective right for you oh, that's such yeah. an upgrade for them they're like what am I but that's just you know it's all about the mindset and yeah. the, and the uh, mentality going especially coming from cuba city yeah very small school um we had i mean there was no facilities like our our football field was also like our baseball Baseball field yeah like the outfield so we had a practice field that was our outfield so we practiced football in the outfield we didn't even have a fence we had to put up the fence each year and it was like a snow guard fence so one of those like orange things that you had to like we so every year the baseball team had to put up the outfield fence. That's crazy. Yeah. So so going from Cuba City to JUCO, I was like, I was like, these Upgrade. facilities yeah. are nice. Yeah. And then going from JUCO to D one, I was like, these facilities are yeah. amazing. And now with the White Sox, it's yep. like, yeah, you got the the yeah. best of the best. So I yeah. I've never complained anywhere I went along the way because yeah. I've always started from extremely humble beginnings yeah no for sure and like i said like, just being here now in, in cuba city it's yeah. uh you can see like where the humble beginnings <laughs> of like the denlinger story begins right here in the middle of the backwoods of wisconsin and you always post that oh yeah you know like backwoods of wisconsin is cool like i love it there's like yeah. the mississippi rivers right outside i mean literally be on youtube and 20, stuff, but... literally 20 feet away <laughs> yeah yeah we were out there throwing uh axes and like playing with swords earlier yeah, it's just, like yeah. the childhood i wish i had like i grew up in, in the bay area where yeah. millions of people like i would never imagine that myself like 10 years ago being in like this scenario yeah like this is like it's funny because like i would read like little house on the prairie and you know <laughs> and this is that's what i thought of wisconsin then i oh, come yeah. here and this is like yeah it's just right, right out of little house oh, on the yeah. prairie so, oh yeah for sure yeah it's cool so you get drafted by the white Sox. um how was that experience did you have like a draft day party like were like were you no, no? i didn't even i mean so i was like i said i've always been kind of a no-name mm. kid from wherever that 
you know, and I went to, I went to Bradley, I performed. So my name started to get out there yeah. a little bit, but I was still like, yeah, there's, there's really, there's really nothing going like, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, not many people get drafted. And for me, kid from middle yeah. of nowhere to get drafted, um, it was so yeah there was no party i was actually with the mallards the, oh, nice. the madison mallards yeah. and we were on an away game uh so we were coming from michigan all mm. the way up and around michigan and then down to uh back down to wisconsin mm. and we were going to wisconsin rapids uh to play them and i remember we were like 15 minutes away from the ballpark and uh so everybody's everybody's on their phone it's draft day it's the second day of the draft mm -hmm. and everybody's on their phone and they're kind of screaming out like oh he got drafted the, yeah. the, the, like my buddy from Vandy got drafted and then uh so we're going we're going like and i was just like you know what i'm just going to tune out the world cuz i don't i don't even want to think about the draft yeah. i don't want to think about me getting like might get drafted whatever um so I throw my AirPods in and I'm just I'm just kicking back, blaring the music because I don't want to hear like, oh my buddy got yeah. drafted. It's like eh, whatever. whatever. Yeah. Um, and then so we're like pulling up to uh, to the ballpark, and I remember the entire bus just goes just crazy. And I was like, I was like, oh damn. And I kind of <laughs> took an AirPod out and I was like, what is going? And the entire bus was like, oh, like yeah. he, he got drafted, he got drafted. And I was like, I was like, oh my god! Like, I was who? like, yeah, I was like, I was like, who got drafted? And then, like, as soon as I said something, everybody turns and like dogpiled me. Yeah. And I was like, I on was the like, bus, what? The? Yeah, on the yeah. bus. Um, and I was like, what the hell is going on? And they're like, you got drafted. I was like, I was like, what? Like, and then, uh, and then my phone starts going off. And I was like, I was like, get off, get off, get off. Yeah. And I look at my phone, and it's a Chicago, uh, a Chicago number. Nice. And I was like, I was like, oh this, crap! This is it. I was like. <laughs> Okay, and I, I slide it. I was like, "Hello," and he goes, "Hey, it's uh, JJ Lally with the White Sox. Is mm -hmm. this is this Theo Denlinger?" I was like, "Yes, sir, it is." <laughs> and he goes, "Hey, we just picked you in the seventh round of the 20, uh, 2021 draft. Like, uh, would you like to sign?" And I was like, uh, uh, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, 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 I would." And he's like, "All right, great. Uh, we'll call you with more details in a little bit, but mm -hmm. yeah, congratulations." And then uh, we ended the call, and I was I was in shock, and everybody else around me was like. What do you say? What like? What's yeah. going on? And then, uh, yeah. So it was just, it was just absolutely crazy. Um, it, yeah, it was amazing. And then uh, the first person I called was dad. my dad. Yeah. yeah, and I told him. And uh, what was his reaction like? His kind of <laughs> the same, kind of the same as mine. He was kind of like, like, shut up. Yeah. Like, no way. And it was just kind of everything I've ever dreamed of. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and didn't even know was possible coming mm -hmm. from Cuba City, graduating with a class of fifty six people. I'm the only professional athlete to ever graduate from wow. Cuba City High School. So, I mean, your name's probably pretty well known then around here. Like, yeah, know, yeah, people know like that. <laughs> that's, that's D, Mr. D1, Mr. Uh, White yeah, Sox. <laughs> yeah. That's um, cool. So, yeah, me and my brother are a maybe a handful mm -hmm. of guys that went D1 uh, from Cuba. I think there's – so there's Evan Richard. He played uh, at Milwaukee for basketball. Hmm. That's about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, yeah, honestly. Um, and then me and me and my brother. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he played uh, for the Badgers, and then I played at Bradley Division One baseball. He played Division One football. And so yeah, me being brother. I mean, they, yeah, everybody knows the Denlinger boys, yeah. and he's huge. So everybody knows Trent. Trent's a, a local legend. Mm -hmm. uh, he's like six seven. Used to be three hundred and twenty pounds when he was Jeez. when he was at his biggest. A uh, yeah, yeah, lineman. A lineman. Yeah. Um, and he was yeah. So everybody knows Trent. Um, and now yeah. So I got I, I used to be a referred 
referred to as Trent's little brother. Yeah. And now I finally am referred to as Theo. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, made a, made a name for myself now. That's cool. And like you're probably like I said, you're both probably local legends now. I mean, yeah. like yep. that's is especially in a small town, it's like hard to go anywhere where people don't know who you are. Yeah. Like your accomplishments, I'm sure. Like, do people like follow up with you and like follow the White Sox pretty closely? Oh yeah, Just yeah. Now there's, that you're so the guy. There's a ton of Brewers fans around here, but yeah. every time I talk to someone, they're like, Hey, like, you know, I can I'm not I'm not rooting for the White Sox, but yeah. like you know, I'm rooting for you. Yeah. If, you're, if you're ever pitching, we're yeah. Whoever's playing, yeah, I don't care. You're, we're, we want you to do good. So yeah, that's yeah. it's uh, it's incredible to see. That's kind of how I am now. Since I've interviewed guys from so many different teams, it's like I I in my heart, I'm always gonna be an A's fan. Okay. Grew up in the yeah. Bay Area. Yep. Now that I'm in Wisconsin, I, I refer to them as my NL team just because yeah. like I can go there. I'm 45 minutes away from the stadium. Yep. Um, but I I've talked to a ton of guys like on the Marlins, especially because okay. I, I yeah. live close enough to like Beloit where I can see their yep. high A team. Um, so now I just started cheering for guys to do well, you know, yeah. like I'm just rooting for individuals to do well. Um, I hope someday my A's will be back in the playoffs. Who knows? I mean, they're just trading everybody left and right doing their thing, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, someday, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm just cheer for guys now. Like it's, and I'm going to be cheering for Theo and, and like, you know, I talked yeah. to you, I have a uh, OSIC on, yep. I have a couple other guys who I'm hoping to get on from the White Sox. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be watching the White Sox really carefully. Um, hopefully go to White Sox games in the future because yeah, I mean that's like go. an hour and a half away from uh, oh, yeah. probably closer than it is to go here yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if I could drive here to see you I'll definitely go out there to Chicago to see you that's that's cool but uh, yeah so you get drafted like how soon did you go to uh, to Arizona like how uh, was they that? gave us 10 days I think I, there was 10 days in between mm. so immediately after I got the call got drafted yeah. Uh, we had a game that night against mm-hmm. Wisconsin Rapids, and okay. they're like, and I, I kind of looked at the manager, and I was like, like, what? yeah, do, you, do I like, pitch? So, yeah, do I am <laughs> I pitching? Like, am I closing down the game tonight? And he looked at me and goes, go home, go home, be with your family, enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they had they had one of their interns drive from Madison to Wisconsin Rapids, and then took me, uh, oh, took good me, for them. yeah, took me all, yeah. So that was that was amazing because yeah, I didn't have my car. I was I was on the bus yeah. um, with all the guys coming from Michigan. And so yeah, I was so yeah that was a that was a long road trip. I, I believe that was like four or five days. We were on the road and and just kind of you know just dragging it on. And it might have, it might have been a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we were like, oh, like let's get home. And then you, yeah, and then it, it all comes to and yeah. pays off in the end. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I I had ten days and uh, so I went I came home and and kind of kind of got to hang out, but it was also like I got to pack, pack and like get, get ready, ready and, yeah. and and just go. So it was there was really no time to like process it. And then mm-hmm. by the by the time I knew it, I was in Birmingham, Alabama, with the draft class, yeah. doing a little mini camp oh, before cool. we even went to um, to extended spring training. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, before I knew it, I was a professional athlete and I was just a college college mm-hmm. player summer ball. And then, it, like ten days later, professional athlete yeah. training with all these big name guys like Colson Montgomery and Wes yeah. Cath and and all the all these big name guys, and they're like, "Hey, what's up, man?" And I was like, "Oh, you're a first yeah. round draft pick. Yeah. How you doing?" Like, well, seventh round, up? seventh round is, is nothing to slouch at either. That's pretty. That's pretty oh, yeah, high yeah, yeah, yeah. Top ten. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, you can't look at them and be like, you know, you can look at them and be like, yeah, I'm one of you guys. You know, yeah. like we're all no oh, matter where you're sure. drafted, like. Yeah. We're all in the same area trying to get to that next level. Yeah. And like I've talked to guys who were drafted like high rounds, thirties back then. They had more yeah. made his major league debut last season. Last season for the Marlins, and yeah. like, dude, like you're one of the only people in like your draft. Like that 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 round, you don't see people make the majors, right? So yeah. it doesn't matter where yeah. you're at. Like oh, you're all no, yeah. you're Everybody all in has a grind. chance. Yeah, you got drafted for a reason, yep. and that's what Garrett Crochet told me. Nice. And that that was his biggest advice to me because. Cool. Cause I uh, I backed up a big league ga- or five big league games mm-hmm. uh, this spring training, and I ca- I was talking to him and and he's like you know what the best advice I could give you is that 
you are where you, cause I was kind of saying like, like, whew, like being with you guys, yeah. it's like, it's like, I, I really don't, I, I kind of feel like an outsider. Imposter syndrome a little? Yeah. And he's yeah. like, he's like the coaches, like the managers put you out here mm-hmm. on this field in this bullpen with us yeah. for a reason. Right, right. Like you're not just here like, oh, I know somebody that knows somebody. Yeah. So I'm here. He goes, you're here for a reason. Mm-hmm. And he goes, don't ever forget that. And I, cool. I never have. And I, yeah. And I thank Garrett Crochet for that all the time because that was, that was the best advice I ever got. Cause I kind of had, yeah, imposter syndrome where I'm like, do I really belong with yeah. these guys? And I do. And I have proven that this year in Double A that yeah. I I do belong and I I am the yeah. White Sox closer. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. And like you were the Double A closer, right? Yeah, and I was their go-to guy. Yeah, yep. that's cool. And like the White Sox obviously have a, a really good closer in Liam Hendricks right now. Yeah, uh, former A, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> no, yeah. no big deal. But yeah, super cool guy. And I I heard in another interview you actually had a conversation with him too, and you're able to just kind of pick his yeah. brain a little bit. Yeah. Or... So I was in I was in the bullpen with him, uh, Garrett Crochet, uh, all the all the other guys, and uh, yeah. So I I was sitting down. And yes, I tell this story all the time. So I'm there 30 minutes before the game. Like, I'm just out there like, like, I just want to be out here, like on the big league, like big league stadium and just in the big league bullpen. And I'm out there 30 minutes before the game. Nope. Like nobody else is out here besides just like fans and stuff like that. And, uh, and then like 10, 10, 15 minutes before the game, I'm just sitting there like, you know, whatever, just kind of picking, just twiddling the thumbs. And then 10, 15 minutes before the game, uh, I see a shadow kind of walk by me, and I look up, and I'm like, oh, hey, what the, like, what's going on? Yeah. And he's like, hey, what's your name? I was like, Theo Dunlinger. He goes, oh, cool, I'm Garrett Crochet. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I heard of you. <laughs> Self-explanatory. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's so that's how I met him and started talking to him. And that's that we kind of got close uh, just – because we just sat down, he started talking to me, mm-hmm. and then also he loves uh, that I, I'm a blacksmith. So we oh, nice. got talking about that. We Where's really he connected from, over that. Uh, I do not know. Jack unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a little cold out here. Yeah, a little chilly. But, uh... um, and then yeah, so and then all the guys started to kind of file in after that, and then like two, three minutes before the game, uh, they're about to close the gate, and uh, once the gate closes, you, you know yeah. really can't or shouldn't uh, let guys in or whatever. And so you see someone kind of like squeeze through the gate and he's like, hey, hold it. And uh, and then he, you know, starts walking in, <laughs> swag, saying, you know, kind of cussing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I look over and I'm and everybody knows mm-hmm. who Liam Hendricks yeah. is. And he's got the Australian accent. So and cool. just, oh, yeah, just and the way he is on the mound is the way he like he's. He's the same person on the mound mm. as he is off the mound. Like he strike out like ah yeah. big like he's a very energetic like go get it like mm-hmm. just extreme extreme guy. He's an entertainer. Yeah. On and off the field cuz he was telling some stories. I will not repeat the, any yeah. of his stories. Um but yeah, he was telling stories in the bullpen. I remember just sitting there like Liam Hendricks is Liam like he yeah. is not just put on a show on the field he is the real who deal. he is off the field cool. yeah and uh, and so is Garrett Crochet I mean just the most most down to earth guys mm-hmm. uh, that I that you can know so yeah it was great meeting those guys uh, getting to talk with them kind of pick their brains a little bit so yeah. yeah and then Liam Hendricks like you see him on the mound he's so fiery which I, I love oh, like yeah. I love that like yeah. that's what you want in a closer right yeah. he's intimidating oh, yeah uh, he'll swear a lot on the mound, and yeah. like whenever he messes, either good or bad, right? Like you never know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you never yeah. know if he's doing good or bad. Just the way he's talking to himself. Um, like, what do you do when you're on the mound? Like, what's your like your personality? Do you see yourself as a big? So like, I try to or... be more stoic. Okay. Yeah, more like like oh, just gave up a home run. Yeah, whatever. All right, like, give me the ball back. Yeah. yeah, and that yeah. So I try and be a little bit more stoic, but I, I do love 
do love a good fist bump. Like you strike a guy out, mm-hmm. bottom of the ninth, you get the save. Like, yeah, yeah like yeah. you gotta. I mean, it's not even for the other team. It's for the fans. For the it's boys. for my team. Yeah, because yeah. then the teams and and the manager. Because, like you said, being a closer, you got to come in, and they everybody's got to be like, oh, oh yeah. it's over. Here he <laughs> <Yeah. here> comes. <laughs> One, two, three. Yeah. So I, I love, um, and I'm not trying to do the Liam Hendricks, you know, where mm-hmm. he goes crazy and yeah. like down to a knee and like ah. But like you gotta have something like that. Some so yeah, there, there was a there was a few times this year where I got the save, uh, struck a guy out for the last pitch, and I, I get yeah, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I'm facing my dugout. I'm not trying to do like yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah against them. Um, but yeah, so it's just me trying to fire up my boys because we're got we got to play them the next day. Yeah, and I want that fire to continue, and I want the other team to be like, oh my, yeah. like. Whew, where'd that guy come from? Yeah. Um, and so then yeah. other people who are watching, like for other team scouting and stuff, like exactly. they're looking at this yeah. guy, like, oh man, they're like, like he the is closer material. Yeah. <laughs> you already got the show look. I <laughs> oh, see yeah. the show hair, the show beard. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I also, I also like uh, the Viking lifestyle. So I kind of, yeah. I, 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 you know, long hair, uh, the beard. I, I love the Viking lifestyle, and I like, I love the Viking look. So I'm, yeah, this is a baseball look. But it's also the Viking look, and I love the Viking look, and yeah. I love the Viking lifestyle, and I, I try and, you know. What about the Viking lifestyle do you think, like, just attracts you the most? I mean, the blacksmithing part of it. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that, that was the biggest part. Um, and then just, like, watching The Last Kingdom or Vikings Valhalla or just Vikings mm-hmm. in general, um, those TV shows growing up. And so I'm a huge, huge Lord of the Rings fan. Okay. Yeah, so I got... I got the map of Middle Earth. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I got the map of Middle Earth, yeah. um, the sword, the ring, and then I got runes uh, over here. So, yeah. yeah. Um, growing up, watching Lord of the Rings and just being immersed in mm-hmm. in that was was kind of like my way. I have the ring actually okay. around my neck. Yeah, so that's the Lord of the Rings ring Yeah. Um, with the uh, Elvish inscription or the Mordor inscription on it. And uh, so just growing up with that and around that and being in the woods, mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere, where you could do whatever. And my dad making me and my brother wooden swords when we were younger and just like out there yeah. playing. Um, so just living this lifestyle in the middle of nowhere, kind of, obviously we have technology yeah, and yeah. lights and all of that. So I'm not saying I am a Viking like back in the day, like mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere, making fire, like cooking rabbit on a stick. But... <laughs> Living out here in yeah. the middle of nowhere, blacksmithing kind of has that Viking esque lifestyle, sure. and I I've always I grew up living that lifestyle, and just now going and being like in the city with all these guys that have lived in a huge city, they're like, dude, you're literally a Viking. <laughs> uh, they actually started calling me the Viking uh, on cool. the on the White Sox. Yeah. So now I'm uh, yeah, I'm known as the uh, the the Viking of the White Sox. It's a pretty sick nickname too, though. Like if you're power ranking nicknames, like you know, oh, yeah. the Viking. Oh yeah. Like if you say the Viking is the closer, it's like that's yeah. You might as well just pack it up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going home. You know, fans are start yeah. walking out in the ninth yeah. inning. Oh yeah, yeah. And, that's so and cool. that's yeah, and that's what I try and bring. I try and bring the uh, the the excitement, the entertainment, yeah. like Liam Hendricks, and like every closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, Remember, my uh, own little my own little twist on it with you sure. know kind of the Viking thing. Yeah, I think uh, in closers like Brian, is it Brian Wilson for the the Giants okay. in like 2010 yep. or something? Like he had the big beard. Yeah, uh, he was just intimidating. Yeah, Grant Balfour. Yeah, fear the beard. The beard. Yeah, yep. yeah. Grant Balford with the A's, the, another Australian. Yep. Like he was just swearing at. Everyone. I remember in the playoffs he got in a fight with the the, the Tigers. Like they were like yeah. they were like words exchanged because just his, his intensity. Yeah. Uh, just like yeah, it's just it's so cool. Did you always want to be a closer, or did you at one point want to be a starter? And you're like, okay, I'm gonna make my way to the bullpen. 
and this is kind of where you found your niche? So the so I really found it at Bradley. So oh. at Madison College, like I said, I only played there one year. Okay. Uh, I blew out at Madison College, and then I blew out my knee. Mm. So I, there was back to back years where I just I didn't have it, and uh, or I I couldn't play. And um, so I, I really had no role and no position. And I was a starter when I went to Madison College. And then from there at Bradley, they're like, hey, listen, you've been hurt for two years. Like, we don't know what you're going to bring to the table. You're not going to be a starter. Okay. And I, I, I was kind of like, like oh, damn. Yeah. But then um, the coming out of the bullpen, I was like, this is, is kind of fun. Yeah. Like, this is, this is awesome. And then uh, through that, I found that uh, so there was a there was a position that opened up when Al Beer, one of the the closer for mm-hmm. Bradley, he went down with an injury, mm-hmm. and that that position kind of opened up, and uh, I, I I was performing Blown good up, yeah. out of the bullpen my first year at Bradley, and they're like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna kind of take a chance on you and, mm-hmm. and see what you can do in the closer position, and I came in against Dallas Baptist, one of our oh, biggest rivals. Such a good team. Oh, yeah, yeah. They have so many good players. Yeah, there. they also recruit and have the best facilities and yeah. the most money. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Andy uh, Johnson, a guy, he's with the Marlins. I think he actually was their minor league pitcher of the year. He just got oh, that wow. award. Yeah, he went there. And, uh, nice. The the uh, ultimate, like, utility man, Ben Zobris. I think yeah, he also yeah, went, yeah. To, uh, yeah. went to uh, out to Dallas Baptist or whatever. Yeah, so. Yeah, but, that, but yeah, so that was that was our biggest rival because yeah. they, they won, like, the conference every year. Yeah. Um, and I remember... I came in as a new guy, and they're like, "Hey, the f- like we need a closer. Like you're gonna close it down tonight." And I was mm-hmm. like, "Okay, like okay, <laughs> like I yeah." The, so the first time I ever closed was against the biggest rival, mm-hmm. the best team in the Missouri St- Valley Conference. Stakes are high. Yeah. yeah, and so I came in, I closed it down, and I remember that's when I got my the, like I did mm-hmm. I struck the guy out bottom of the ninth, and I did a huge fist pump, and mm-hmm. I remember seeing. Um, our head coach and our pitching coach look at each other like, who's this guy? <laughs> like, holy yeah. hell. Um, and right then and there, that game put in my mind, I am a closer. Because mm. I closed it down. And just the intensity and all the all the guys, they didn't dogpile me, but it, like they came out. Yeah. And I, I was hugging guys. And I was like, it locked in my mind right there. That is the best feeling mm-hmm. in the world. Like that was amazing. Yeah, and it locked in my mind. Yeah. So at Bradley is when I locked in. Like I am a closer. Yeah. What do you do to get yourself hyped up? Because obviously you know that ninth inning is yours. You kind of yeah. chill, not chill out, but kind of relax for, for so, some yeah. innings. Like, also, what do you, what's your, also like, I like being stoic. Okay. I just yeah. So all, there's a, there's a lot of guys that like drink a bang and they're yeah. like they're like ah like let's get like crazy. And I just I just get on the mound, get the ball, and just start throwing. So no pre-workout, yeah. no Red Bull, no nothing. You no, just, you're ready I, to go. I actually have never done like I wow, caffeine. Okay. I yeah, I'm already I'm always ready. Up, yeah, up. I'm always okay. I always got that. I call it the switch. Mm. So there, so I'm just sitting there watching the game, whatever. And then it's like, hey, th- get Theo going, flip the switch. All right, let's it's go. It's kind of intimidating just in itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, and I, I said that at uh, that was one of you know big, the big quotes at Madison yeah. uh, when I was the closer there, and I was their go-to guy. Um, and then for the Doc Spiders, when I led them to the championship, mm-hmm. my manager, uh, I love the manager there. He would always he would always look at me while I was walking out, and he would go, "Hey, flip the switch." That's and so yeah, cool. so walking out, to, so yeah, I kind of got it from there. Um, but I remember, te- and that's where it started. But I remember telling him, he's like, you know, he's like, you, you kind of always like, you're always just, you know, mm-hmm. like calm. And then he goes, when you get on the mound, it's just like, rah. Yeah. And he goes, like, what the hell is that? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I just flip a switch. Yeah. And he goes, what do you mean you just flip a switch? And I was like, I don't know. I just 
turn it on. And he goes, that's awesome. Yeah, so yeah. that's where, yeah. So I call it flipping the switch. And I just, uh -huh. I'm just calm, cool, collected. And then as soon as I start walking on that field, flip the switch. What was it? You mentioned playing Dallas Baptist, and that was like the, their biggest rivalry. But yeah. like, what was it, maybe your favorite game that you pitched at in high, in college? Um, either one of them, that where you're just like, all right, I had the best game of my life. Like, I'm going to look back and tell my future kids about this game where I just absolutely just dominated. Yeah, so playing against Missouri State, um, okay. I remember, I, so we play three games, uh, yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I got two saves and a win in one weekend. Wow. Yeah, so I, I closed down. I closed down Friday, got the save, got a win on Saturday, and then Sunday closed it down um, and got the save. That's yeah, so I, I'm I sure they probably couldn't wait for you to get out of there. Oh yeah, and then it was the first time in Bradley history that we ever shut like shut them out. Uh, won all three games at uh, or a clean sweep at Missouri. We were at their place mm -hmm. too. Wow. Yeah, so that was a clean sweep. Uh, I believe first time in history. I'm not sure when they came into the conference, all mm -hmm. that. So I'm not mm -hmm. sure how far it goes back, but. Yeah, so that was that was that was pretty awesome, and and me being like the, one of the uh, leaders of it, and he yeah. always gives out the the like the lineup sheet to who, like the most valuable player, okay. and I think I got two uh, two of the two of the At three the end lineups. Of each game, he would get yeah, okay. yeah yeah he would give it out to like the MVP of yeah. the of the winning game, and I got two of the three because nice. uh, our starter one uh, on Friday, I believe our starter went like. Seven in, so he, yeah, he yeah, definitely he deserved, deserved. It. All I did was just come in, you know, one inning done. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he he pitched his uh, the game of his life, and so he got. So otherwise, I might have gotten all three. all three. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll sell for two, yeah, yeah, two, two out of three. three. <laughs> yeah, I'll sell for you, man. Yeah. Two yeah. out of three. Wow, that's so cool. Um, so you talked about like you didn't expect to get drafted. Um, but at some point, you had to have that maybe in your back of your mind, like there might be a chance, even if it's not the tenth round. Maybe like some they, the team might yeah. take a chance on you. Um, at what point in your like college career did you realize, like, all right, I'm pitching well enough to get drafted at some point in this draft? Um, when I got my agent, and like, oh. and, and yeah, my agent Things started came, getting real. Yeah, <laughs> and well, he came, and I've never gotten a call before. And he called me, and he's like, "Hey, is this Theo Denlinger?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Hey, I'm a I'm a talent agent. Like, I would love to be your guy." Mm -hmm. And I was like. And this was my second year at Bradley. Okay. Um, so a year before I got drafted, because I was at Bradley for three years because COVID. This would have been 20, yeah. 2020. So this was 2019. Okay. Yeah, because 2018, my first year, 2019. And then uh, 2020 was the, the COVID year, and then yeah. and then 2021. Okay, so you got that additional year added that you yeah. took advantage yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then... So yeah, that was uh, it was it was pretty crazy because he called me and I remember being like, you know what, I need more time to think about it. Like mm -hmm. I, I kind of I don't know if I I, I really had no idea what was kind of going on because yeah. I was like, I mean I don't know. I kind of thought I was like nobody, but yeah. And he he really took a huge liking to me. And then as after he called me, I got like four more calls. Oh nice. And I was like I was like whoa yeah like that's kind of that's kind of crazy. I've never even thought about like being drafted you know yeah. um so that was so i think that point right there is when is when i was like wow if if agents are kind of mm -hmm. seeing like the value in me mm -hmm. then I, i'm assuming teams, teams too. would yeah. too and then uh after that year that's when the team started calling and and i and i did go with the first guy that called me okay. uh, andy lewis amazing guy yeah. um super super down to earth relatable uh calls me texts me all the time um, and he he just loves my lifestyle too. Yeah. Um, he says that he's he's the mo or I'm the most interesting man he's ever met. Yeah. Uh, so what agency is he with? 
He's with Pierce Sports okay. in uh, Arizona. Yeah, okay. Pierce Sports Agency. Uh, we just lost Stephen Pierce. Uh, he, yeah, uh, not sure if it was like heart compl- uh, mm-hmm. comp uh, complications yeah. or or what it was, but yeah, he uh, he just recently passed oh, away. So wow. yeah, um, but yeah, so now it's it's uh, Andy and uh, a few other guys. Okay. But yeah, so uh, we lost the you know the yeah, CEO, CEO. Yeah, the, okay. yeah, the CEO of the company. Wow. But Sad. yeah, and he was a great guy too. He called me, and I remember him calling me and being like, hey. Like you, you got it. So yeah. keep keep sticking with it. And Andy is the best guy for you. Um, but yeah, so that's when it really started getting real for me. Is when uh, people started reaching out, like, mm-hmm. "Hey, you're you got what it takes." Yeah. That's um, awesome. And then yeah, during the draft, because I, I I went three years of being undrafted mm-hmm. at Bradley, and I was like, I was like, well, I don't, or uh, two years, I guess, yeah. at that point, and I was like, I. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. And then, so yeah, so I kind of started to get a little bit down. And and then at that final year when I was on the bus, just, you know, whatever mm-hmm. happens, happens. That was my mindset. It's yeah. just like, I've put in the work. I can't do anything more. Yeah. Like to this point. It's out of your hands now. So let me just worry. About, and that's Andy's biggest thing too. Andy said, I'll take care of all the teams. I will call everybody for you. He mm-hmm. said, I want you to focus on baseball. He sure. goes, trying to find teams to draft you is my job. Mm. Your job is baseball. Yeah. And that's been his his like motto throughout our entire time working nice. together. Is he worries about all the talking to people, all the hey, where's where's he going this year? Is he mm-hmm. moving up? Like is he looking good? What's he got to work on? All that. He he completely worries about and all I do is worry about striking this guy out. Yeah. Yeah, so I love it. I awesome. love it. He takes care of all the behind-the-scenes work, and all I got to do is think about baseball. Yeah, just think about baseball, strike out guys, and uh, look intimidating as, as the, the Viking. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so you talked about your injuries. Uh, I don't want to touch on that. Like You said you had the, the Tommy John, and yep. then um, you blew out your knee. Yeah, yeah. Like, how how did you say mentally tough during those that time? Because that has to be yeah. So it was difficult thing ever as an athlete. It was two years back to back, and like I just got into JUCO, and uh, my first year at JUCO, it was you know it was all right, but it was nothing like oh like this guy's gonna go D one, and and then I didn't get those years after to prove myself. Um, so the I only got one D one offer, and that was Bradley, and I was like like yeah, I'll I'll take it, and then. It, it ended yeah. up like yeah, it ended up working Perfect. out incredibly good. Um, but just ha- yeah, just having those injuries, it was. I remember it wasn't it wasn't depression or anything, but I remember just going to the field and I was like, like, what's the point of mm-hmm. being here? I'm just gonna sit here, watch all my buddies play the sport that I love, and I, I I'm just gonna sit here yeah. and just watch baseball that I can't do. And then so and then I came back after Tommy John, and I remember I was like. I was like, this is the best. Like, I'm back. I am yeah. back. I spent a full year trying to get to this point, and then the the exact same day on the ex, uh, exact same field in Arizona oh. when we went for yep when we went for our spring training trip <laughs> or not spring training yeah. uh, when we went for our spring trip, I blew out on the I blew out my knee on the exact same field on the exact same day. So, are you are you a superstitious person now? Is that day you, that's you what just everybody avoid? asks me? Um, but yeah, March 11th is I wouldn't not leave my, my day. I wouldn't leave my house. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so definitely definitely not my day. Um, my mom always makes a joke like, "We'll send bubble wrap with you wherever yeah. you are." So like, we'll just bubble wrap your entire body on March mm-hmm. 11th. Uh, but yeah, so that yeah, very unfortunate. Um, both kind of freak accidents. Uh, obviously, the Tommy John. Who knows yeah. what happened? Like, obviously, pitching's not good for your body. Right. So it's it's going to happen, might happen, like, whatever. 
Um, but then, so with my knee, I ended up uh, having it where this guy in the, fir- the first inning, the final out of the, the first inning I was pitching in uh, Arizona, guy hits a line drive at the first baseman. He kind of like gets it, bobbles, bobbles it. it. So I go, I run over to cover first base and I grab it and I step on it. And then I continue going to like mm. the uh, first base dugout because that's where, and I step on it. And I remember being like, like, whoa, that, oh, that didn't feel, but yeah. the adrenaline was rushing. So I go and I sit down and I was like, you know, I, whatever, you know, yeah. that's not bad. It doesn't hurt that bad. And then I remember I go to I, the next, the second inning starts and he's like, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I got to go. And I go to stand up and I just, I fall, I fell down. And I was like, I was like, my knee's locked up. Like yeah. I literally couldn't, I couldn't bend my knee. And I was like, and I was in excru- excruciating, but I was like, this is killing me. Yeah. And so that, yeah, they had to get someone else warmed up, went in the game. Um, yeah. And I remember my parents, I remember my parents were like, well, like, what were they at the yeah, game? Like, that? Yeah. They, yeah. They were down there. Cause your first um, game back, they probably wanted to yeah, support. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, they were down there and I remember them being like, like, where's Theo? Yeah, like yeah. he's supposed to be pitching the second inning. Um, and yeah, and I, I just didn't come out and, uh, yeah, I remember walking out there and I was like another season yeah. in the yeah down the drain so yeah wow. I, I remember that was pretty crushing but do you think um, that helps you now as like just knowing that you were able to overcome that and now like anything oh, in the yeah. future you're like that's nothing like oh like, mental I, yeah. I have a bad game whatever it's it's nothing compared to the two years that i've yeah mentally it it's it's like if i can go through that mm-hmm. like that was hell mm-hmm. two years in a row i get baseball taken away from me yeah it's so yeah. I, I de- definitely the mental aspect of baseball is the biggest aspect of baseball because there's so many guys that can throw a ball really hard mm-hmm. and but it's like can you throw a ball really hard, give up a nuke, and mm-hmm. then be like, eh, whatever. All right, let's keep going. Yeah. Or can you give up? You know, three, lose the game, come back, lose the next game, and then be like, like, all right, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. It's baseball, yeah. and that's that's my biggest thing is is, is the mental aspect as well. It's like you just gotta you just gotta overcome. Yeah. Because you're gonna have ups, you're gonna have downs. You gotta find that middle ground. Because mm-hmm. you can't have too high highs or too low lows. You gotta just stay. You gotta try and stay right in the middle. And that's that's what I've always done. And that's uh, what I've always tried to you know encompass in my head. It's yeah. just hey, you're having a really good day today. Baseball gods can take it away from you yeah. tomorrow. And we always talk about the baseball gods. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> it's. I mean, it's. It's got to be a real thing. Yeah, no, Because <laughs> there's sure. days you're out there and you're you're cocky. You're like, oh, nobody can touch me. The mm-hmm. next day, nuke, nuke, nuke. And you're like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And you just, yeah, it's, oh, yeah. Baseball oh, gods sure. just getting after you. They're, yeah. they're like, whoa, you need to be humbled a little yeah. bit. <laughs> Two, we'll take two years off his career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got, I got humbled a lot for whatever reason. But I am where I am and uh, everything. My biggest motto as well in life is everything happens for a reason. Yeah. So little kid from no-name town, Cuba City, Wisconsin, getting drafted. And I had the most, like, weird like weird path, like, Juco, getting hurt two years, D1, and then kind of having COVID. And then, and then so, yeah, I've had, I've had an insane ride of, like, six years of college where I was, I was playing and, mm-hmm. and then I ended up getting, uh, getting drafted. So yeah, everything yeah. happens for a reason. And now you're in double A, which I mean, yeah. who knows where you'll start next season. I don't know if they kind of, uh, they don't tell you. Yeah. yeah they, it's, it's kind of up <laughs> in the air. And yeah. I mean, we'll see how like spring training goes and stuff like that. Yep. But I mean, there's a shot you're in triple A just one step, even double oh, yeah. A, like, just guys yeah. being called up oh, from yeah. double A the majors. Yeah. Like if you're performing, like they'll find a way to make you, you know, to promote you and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So yep. 
that's how does that make you feel now heading into this like off or not off season but like this spring training coming up in like a month or two of you guys will be out there and i'm ready <laughs> yeah oh yeah i'm ready yeah i'm excited i'm what's the mindset going into this one like does it has is it different than like maybe your previous spring trainings no, no? just go in Same. and dominate yeah do i mean so do you yeah I, and that's the biggest thing guys go in and they're like i need to be the best i've ever been in my life and it's like just go in and you're there for a reason. Like Garrett Crochet said, yeah. I, I keep bringing that back up. Yeah. You're here for a reason. You're here because you are who you are. Why Why try and do more? Why try and mm. like get above who you are? Because that's when guys really start falling off is they're like, I, I need to like throw as hard as I can, but then you can't find it. And, mm-hmm. you, and then they get in their own head. So you just got to you just gotta be you and do you throughout all of spring training and, and just keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah, and but, you talk about throwing hard. Like you you hit triple digits, right? Like you. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. What? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. <laughs> Sorry. Triple digits, not a big, no big, no, you know, humble brag. Yeah. Uh, but when did when was the first time you hit triple digits? Like, how was that feeling? Like, obviously, you, you threw so hard. it was the first time I saw it on the board was with the Doc Spiders. Um, I believe so. I might have hit it before then in a mm-hmm. bullpen. Um, but it was in summer ball. Yeah, and I remember I remember hitting it, and uh, and <laughs> there was just just a huge eruption from the crowd and i remember them they were cheering because i was hitting like 98 99 like 98 97 99 and they're like and i remember the crowd was like break the gun break the gun (laughs) yeah because there's only two digits on the board and uh so it it would show up like nine 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 eight whatever Mm -hmm. and then uh i remember i was like all right and I got, I remember like rearing back yeah. and I was like, put everything I had into it and uh, smacked in the glove. Uh, I don't think it was a strike. It was a strike, but yeah. it wasn't a strikeout. Yeah. And I remember the entire crowd was, yeah. and I looked back at the board, double zeros. Nice. And I was like, yep. <sighs> yeah, let's go. Um, That's so cool. But yeah, so that was, that was incredible. Uh, that was the first time I guess I ever saw it. Mm-hmm. And then, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm sure I might have hit it in a bullpen or two because there were some bullpens where I was like, all right, just let yeah. it eat. Um, but, yeah, that was the first time I've ever saw it. And then uh, I was playing for the Madison Mallards, and I hit 101 six times in one game. Their, their Raider guns a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's I don't know if it's a little bit better. It's you know, it, I I would believe it's semi accurate, but the, you you know you can't really yeah you never know. Um, but I remember hitting it with the White Sox as well, and um, I remember my my dad asked a scout in the stands one time uh, when I was with the Mallards, and it hit like 101, and he go and the get this and my dad kind of leaned over and goes, hey, like what was that? Like on an actual yeah. on an actual yeah, gun, and he goes, yeah, that's that's a hundred. <laughs> He goes, that is a hundred. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So it's uh, yeah proven there. But yeah. So the the Madison Mallard one, um, it, it kind of jumped up and down some from mm-hmm. time to time. But there, most of the time, it was like you you would check it on the gun and be like, oh, that's that's accurate. So yeah, yeah when I hit the one on one six times in one game, I, yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. But that that game, I I, I was like, all right, I leaned back yeah. on everyone. Yeah, just let them um, beat a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I was I was feeling good that yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you had games where you're like, all right, like untouchable no like yeah, there, this, there, this there, oh yeah there's certain games where you're just kind of like i call it the flow state okay yeah so i you get into a flow and you're just you're out on the mound and you're just throwing it and you're like i feel like nobody can touch mm-hmm. this and if you if you're thinking that i mean yeah. you most of the time it's happening yeah and it's yeah i call it the flow state and i've, nice. I've reached the flow state uh f- few times this season yeah, so that was great. And you're just you're just kind of out there, 
and it's not really like you're kind of black, but it's, it kind of feels like someone someone's taken over. Yeah. I swear, it's weird. Yeah. You just get into a state where you're just throwing, and and then you, by the time you know it, you're out of the inning, walking towards the dugout, and you're like, "What just happened?" Yeah. You're like, "Whoa, cool. hey, let's <laughs> let's snap back to reality here." Like, yeah. "Whoa, what was that?" But yeah, so I yeah, I love that. I love the flow state, and that yeah, that when I hit one on one six times in that one game, uh, that was definitely the flow state, and I was just feeling it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Nice. Do you have any advice for like, because like everyone wants to throw hard. Everyone wants to hit in the high, high 90s, triple digits. Yeah. Um, any advice for like kids, teenagers who are like trying to, even like maybe guys in the minors who are trying to like get that. Like what, what helped you do that? Like was it just working so out? So like? my biggest thing was I, I had no coaching growing up. I had okay. I had nothing besides my dad. My dad that was just like, eh, I don't know, just <laughs> throw it. Because <laughs> he, he was a catcher. Okay. Um, so that's why I kind of have like a, a quick arm swing because mm-hmm. most guys, you know, most guys have yeah, the pop. big arm swing. And I just kind of go from here a little bit down and then straight to my head and, and out. Um, and so I kind of have like a cat, like uh, a lot of people tell me I throw like a catcher. Okay. And, uh, but yeah, I, I guess the biggest thing is if, okay, let's say you want to be a sprinter and you want to run fast. Okay. How do you, how do you train yourself to do that? You just, you run as fast as you yeah. can. Like, for like every day Mm -hmm. so how do you want how how are you going to throw as hard as you can like you throw hard every day i mean not every day to the point where you're like oh my like my arm's gonna fall off but if you yeah if you want to train to be the fastest thrower then what do you have to do you have to throw as hard as you can Mm -hmm. and then what i do is when I was growing up, I was a little inaccurate, but I just I threw as hard as I could. And then guess what? You you start to learn how to throw as hard as you can where you want it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's my biggest thing uh, to kids growing up is is not to just like go out there, let it eat yeah. into like you know at kids and but like try to be as accurate as you can while also giving almost a hundred percent effort because mm-hmm. then you'll learn to kind of not like tame it back. But you'll learn. I can throw hard, two spots. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I just say it's that. Yeah. It's just that you know, if you're gonna, you're gonna train to to, to do something, you might as well actually yeah. do it to get better at point. it. Yeah. So yeah, I think just throw as hard as you can, yeah. and 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 then and then learn how to dial it down you think into like a the, spot. The accuracy came later. You uh, you focus more so on like throwing hard, and then you, yeah. Afterwards, you're like, okay, now I'm gonna work on like refining yeah. and like finding like you know yep. just like you're not throwing hard and like, you know yeah, just wherever the, yeah wherever because yeah. there are guys yeah. that do that but they yeah. either don't make it long or yeah. they're they're just like wildly inaccurate to mm-hmm. the point that it helps them because then the guys in the batter's box like is he gonna yeah. dome me up or is he gonna throw a strike um, so there are guys that you know kind of it benefits them when they're mm-hmm. like throw it to the backstop strike like yeah. strike Almost hit the guy in the head. Strikeout. Yeah. Like, like what? What just happened? <laughs> what did I just do? Like, yeah. I'm standing here in the box. I almost got hit, and now I'm heading right back to the dugout. Yeah. Like so there, there are guys that are wildly yeah. inaccurate. That you know, it benefits them. But yeah. I would say, um, yeah. So try, try and throw hard as much as you can, and then learn to control that. Are you a big like weightlifter? Like, do you think that's a huge yeah. role? I, I mean, yeah. I, I definitely get after it in the weight room. Um, I'm. 250 pounds. I'm one of the one of the heaviest guys on the White Sox, 
and I'm a pitcher, yeah. which is yeah, kind of unheard of. Yeah. Um, I, I I even weigh more than Oscar Colas. And, oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, and so I can I can definitely go toe to toe with him in the weight room. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's honestly that's a big thing too. And they're worried about me with range of motion. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of weightlifting, but I also do a lot of stretching. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I I don't want. And I'm not trying to get like too like big to the point where you know can't, you can't do the yeah. things, but I definitely get after it in the weight room, and then uh, also stretch and try and refine it to where I have the best of both worlds. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Um, so you just talk about the minors for a second, because I love hearing stories about guys who had minor league, just like whatever. Because the minor league is it's another grind, right? It's like oh, yeah. the JUCO grind, the minor league yeah. grind. Um, like, what was your experience? Do you have any like funny minor league stories? Because I've talked to guys who've like gone to the hotels, lift up their bed, and there's like roaches in there, or like blood on the mattresses. There was and, like, blood. Yeah, there was blood on one of my uh, on one of the hotel uh, not mattresses, but on the sheets. Mm-hmm. I was like, this, yeah, okay, this is <laughs> gross. Um, but like I said, it's it's to me, it's not a grind. Yeah. To me, it's living in paradise. Yeah. We stay in some of the best hotels nice. you can get around the you know around mm-hmm. the area of the uh the stadium so to me there wasn't a single day where i woke up this season and i was like oh like i gotta go play baseball every day was like i gotta play baseball <laughs> we, get to pay, we get paid to play yeah. baseball like this is the, this is the best um and yeah so it, it really wasn't a grind um funny stories i guess there's there's countless um but I guess the the funniest would be they they kind of call me the the spread crusher. Nice. Yeah. So like all the food we call the spread. Yeah. And so so I'm not the guy that like takes a whole, like a whole plate and then eats it and then goes back like while guys still haven't gotten sure. the first round. Um. So I'll go and I'll get a plate decent sized. Yeah. Um. And then I'll sit down eat it and then I'll wait for all the guys to like get their firsts mm-hmm. and then I'll go get seconds. Sure. And then if guys don't get seconds then i'll i'll be like hey like is everybody kind of done with food and then i'll get thirds <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah so i guess that's yeah they called me the spread crusher on the team the viking uh those are some but, cool nicknames though the spread crusher oh, viking yeah, like, I'll, I'll, I'll take it <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's sick. it's whatever it doesn't hurt my feelings yeah. at all i'll yeah i'll claim it i yeah. definitely crush the spread so yeah. um yeah so there yeah it's like i said definitely not a grind um or at least in my eyes there's other guys that are like that have been doing it for mm-hmm. a while, and they're like, "This is just same old, same yeah. old, just kind of." But uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I mean, you you drafted in 21, it's you ended 22 in in double A. Like it's yeah. like you went from like it's that's a very fast. Like, I went, yeah, I went quick. Yeah, um, but I I think it. I I don't know for sure, but I think the uh, me uh, being a little bit older, mm-hmm. I think I think the uh, the upper management was kind of like you know what. We're gonna throw him to the sharks see and see if, see if he sinks or swims. Yeah, and uh, I definitely swam. Yeah, yeah. For uh, sure. So that was so that was good. And I I remember them kind of saying like, hey, uh, so the the uh, the pitching coordinator was talking to me at the end, kind of giving me like, uh, so we do like a end of the year closing yep. conversation about like, hey, how the year went, what he expects next year. Um, and I remember him saying like, hey, we we kind of threw you three in the shark, like three mm-hmm. in the deep end. And he goes, and you. you performed you did exactly what we wanted if not better than yeah. what we thought and so that was really cool to hear from him yeah. especially the guy that's moving you yeah yeah um so coming from him that was kind of like and they usually don't say like they don't tell guys like hey you're doing a re- like really good job keep it up just because they don't want to show favoritism yep. or show whatever but yeah him telling me that he was that was kind of cool because yeah. they really don't tell you like 
hey, you're you're doing yeah. really good. Um, so yeah, coming from, coming from him, that was uh, re- really cool to see. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very ex- very excited for this uh, this coming spring training and this coming season. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Like, I miss baseball. Like I I always joke. I'm like, what did I do last? Like, and I don't play. Like, what did I do last yeah. off season? Like, what when there was no baseball? Like, what did I do? Like, yeah. you know, what what consumed my life? Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. Well, let's end on this. Like, what what is one maybe thing you would tell younger Theo? Like. Like if you were to tell yourself maybe 10 years ago, like what was one advice you'd give yourself, like high school or even college age Theo? Never give up. Mm. Don't stop grinding because that's that's the biggest thing. Guys guys get to a certain point. Like I went to JUCO. I didn't go D1 mm-hmm. straight out of high school. Like I could have went to JUCO and just been like, all right, career's over. Like yeah. I'm, I'm just going to go to JUCO, maybe go to a D3 afterwards, and, and that, that, that'll be good. Mm-hmm. That'll be good enough for me. So, um, like I was telling White Rose, never put a ceiling on yourself. Because as soon as you put a ceiling on yourself, you can't get higher than that. Mm -hmm. Because you already told yourself you can't do that. So why would you put a ceiling on yourself or anybody else? Because I remember there was a a coach at the University of Dubuque, because I was going to go there for football. I was also going to try and, you know, try out for the baseball team. Um, And I remember the coach came up to me uh, and my dad when we went on the visit for football mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, you know, I've looked at some tape of you and I, I don't think you're ever going to throw harder than 90 miles an hour. <laughs> so I, I really don't think like, and cause I had a weird, like I said, yeah. I, have, I have a weird arm action and he goes, it's just, it's weird. And he goes, I just don't think you're going to, you know, do good mm-hmm. in baseball. <clears throat> and he goes, maybe just stick to football. And this is coming from like the baseball coach at, yeah. a, at a D3. And the I was, baseball coach at this. Oh, yeah. Okay. The, the head baseball coach at the University of Dubuque. Yeah. He's no longer there. So I, I don't care what I, I say. Would, you got you to clip that, like get like a, a poster of like, the, take a picture of the score of the radar gun. Just be yeah. like, hey, hey, man. I mean, so. <laughs> Remember me? He, he no longer works at the University of uh, Dubuque. Okay. Um, but so, I re- yeah, I remember him telling me that. And mo- I mean, there's. So he put a ceiling on me. Yeah. You can't throw harder than 90 miles an hour. I remember my first year at JUCO, I topped out at 91. And I yeah. was like, I was like, what was that guy talking about? Yeah. And then from there, I just kind of kept climbing. Because I never, because why would I be like, you know what? 95 is my ceiling. Mm-hmm. I would, I, I'll, I'm going to throw 95 and that's going to be good enough. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not even going to say like, oh, I'm going to throw a hundred and that, that's good mm-hmm. enough. Why not? Why, how high can I go? How hard, like how hard can I throw? Yeah. So never put a ceiling on yourself. Never put a ceiling on somebody else. And honestly, that him putting a ceiling on me made me punch through that ceiling and made me drive even harder. Because I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna show you. Yeah. Like, like, you know. So should I give you a ceiling then, so I can so I can give you? <laughs> <laughs> like, you'll never make the majors. Then you're like, I'll show you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you always you always got to have a chip yeah. on your shoulder. Yeah. Because otherwise, what are you working for? What are you striving for? If you're just like, oh, I'm gonna make the majors. Like, I'm gonna be the best there ever is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, like, but what's your? You got to have a chip. Yeah. You got to have something on your shoulder where you're like. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna yeah. do this. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make it to the major leagues. All right. Then once you get there, then it's like another chip. I'm, I'm gonna be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. You know, you gotta have something that is continually driving you. Yeah. And that, yeah, that that was that was one of them. So thank you to the <laughs> uh, the guy at UD for telling me I would never throw harder than 90 miles an hour. And uh, and just you know the people the people out there like, dude, you're from a small town. Mm. You're a no name. Like yeah. you're not you're not gonna make it. You're not gonna get drafted. So I, d- I definitely think that that helped you. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so my biggest advice to everybody out there is uh, don't put a ceiling on yourself mm-hmm. or anybody else because yeah. you, you have no idea what that person or yourself is mm-hmm. capable of. That's, that's true. And that's a good way to end. Like We'll end it on there. I just want to thank you for letting me 
come to yeah. you know the forge. It's, it's yeah, been yeah. an experience. Like it's like I've had a. I, I will have to do it again. Like for sure, we'll have to do it again. Like it's gonna be a, oh, a yeah. blast. Get the get the sword out. There you go. Show everybody. But yeah, so yeah, we were playing around with this today, and uh, yeah, I made this. <laughs> yeah, check out check out their uh, their uh, website. Yeah, and, uh, Denlinger Forge. There you go. Uh, and uh, and Theo Denlinger on uh, Instagram. There yeah. you go. Right on. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and there. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.